today on It's Time. And we will reign on the earth. This is the promise that Jesus said, you will reign with me on this earth. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. God has his throne. And there are four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. We also find these creatures mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6 as well, where Isaiah uh, is pleading with God and God gives him a revelation and God says, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, well, Lord, here I am, send me. And the Bible says one of these creatures went and touched his tongue with fire. I believe it does two things. Fire does two things, I've noticed. Fire cleanses. That's why they sterilize instruments sometimes in heat. But another thing I have found, fire causes a reaction. And both of these things, with fire, I believe that this is one of the things that happened in Isaiah. And he went and he was a spokesman for the nation because God had touched his life. Now, seven tells us a little bit more about these creatures. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like a calf. The third creature had a face of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. Wow, this was kind of interesting. It's kind of a little bit reminiscent of the Gospels. They compare the book of Matthew to a lion. They compare the book of Mark to a calf. They compare the book of Luke to a man. And they compare an eagle to the book of John. We have these weird creatures around the throne, things we've never seen before. That's why I say it's always kind of nice to know what the Bible has to say about it. So when we get there, we won't be freaked out. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, is, and who is to come. Now, I think that's really amazing. He is in all times present. And whenever the creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, worship him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. You have created all things. And here's where he says, And for your pleasure they were created. You know, it's interesting that um, God created all things for his glory. Do you realize that's you? That's me too? God created you for his glory. In other words, God wants to, to demonstrate to the world who he is through you. Isn't it interesting, going back to Genesis chapter 1, he created us in his image. That tells me we're his ambassadors. Now, not all human beings are a very good ambassador for the king. 
But if you're a Christian here today, that's who you are. That's who you reflect who you are. You represent God to a fallen world and a fallen world to God. And interestingly enough, that's what the Old Testament priests did as well. He said, you're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You see, God's all power. I want to be on that side. That's where, where the power is at. And so verse five, uh, verse one of chapter five, it says, and I saw the right hand of him who sits on the throne and a scroll written in and on the back sealed with seven seals. Many people believe, and I am one, that believe this is the title deed to the earth. We know that the earth was sold into Satan's hands back in the garden. Man has been living in a cursed world ever since. God gave us a good world. We're the ones that messed it all up by rebelling against God. We had this question on Every Man and Answer this week. Why did God put a, a, a good tree, a, a bad tree in a, in a good garden, the Garden of Eden? In some way faulting God that God was, and I, I just said this, simply this. First of all, it was a special tree. We know that. It does not say it was an apple tree. I know a lot of people have always, you know, Eve eating an apple. Well, it doesn't say it was an apple. It could have been a pomegranate. I don't know what it was. But whatever it was, they were told not to eat of it. But the question is, well, how could a good God put a bad tree in the garden? Well, first of all, listen. I know animals eat a lot of things that you and me will not eat. Have you ever noticed what your dog will eat? Your dog will eat dead things. Things that have been dead for a long time. In fact, if eating it isn't enough, they'll roll in it just to make it even better. You ever seen it? I don't know what joy a dog can get rolling around on a dead bird, but they like it. I don't know why. But the point is, there's a lot of things animals, insects can eat that you and me as human beings can't eat. And God told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this tree. Now that should have been enough. I would have just said, oh, poison. Let's not do that, okay? Good idea. But no, <laughs> we want to eat that one. Now again, this gets back to the weird nature of men. Have you ever noticed that? Now again, if you have kids, you've ever babysitted, you ever been in a nursery, the floor can be covered with toys. And all it takes is for one kid to reach his hand out and pick up one. And that's the one everybody wants. They will scratch each other's eyes out to get to that one toy that the other kid picked up. Why? It's really amazing to me why we have this nature that when we're, when we're not supposed to do something, we do. If the sign says push, I'll pull. If the sign says pull, I'll push. If the speed limit sign says 55, I can go 60. Isn't it weird about that? Anybody who drove through Nevada, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? When God made Nevada, he made a lot of it. When you start in California or you leave here in Idaho, it all looks the same. Boy, the good thing about it is if it wasn't for Nevada, Idaho would fall down on top of California, and then where would we all be? But the point is, is this. The old sin nature of man is a very, very strange thing. And we sold the world into slavery. That's why you see the problems that you see in the world today. 
Oftentimes your insurance claim will say, and any other acts of God. Let me tell you, friends, it ain't God doing it. God put man in a perfect world. Man wouldn't live there. And so it says, there was this scroll with these seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. And by the way, friends, I do believe that what we're reading here today, if you're born again, you will see this in heaven. I believe this is part of the redemption of the earth. I believe this is under the green rainbow, the hoopah. And this is where the promises are made that just as man sold the world into slavery, Jesus Christ redeems the world from slavery. And under this rainbow, we find this going on. And it says, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seal? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. This is why I believe it was the title deed of the earth because John evidently recognized what it was and it was of such importance and of such prominence that he recognized what it was. And somebody hold a scroll up, I don't know, maybe it, you know, it's a, you know, coupons for Wendy's. I don't know. But John recognized what it was insomuch that he wept bitterly because there was no one worthy. But then one of the elders said to me, verse 5, Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and around the seven creatures, the living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out, to all the earth. And he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So God's holding up this scroll titled deed to the earth. No one was able to open it, but then all of a sudden a lamb that had been slain. And I believe, friends, those marks that were offered to Thomas to see in his holes in his hands, he said to Thomas, thrust your hand into my side, the hole in my side. I think we're going to get to see what man's sin did to Jesus, what your and my sins did to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that a lamb that had been slain reaches out and takes the scroll. Now, this is an interesting thing. We find Jesus, this lamb that had been slain, probably no doubt at this point still carrying the marks of the crucifixion. In fact, there's a lot of discussion why the disciples had such a hard time recognizing who Jesus was after the crucifixion. When he appeared, when he was there on the Sea of Galilee and no one dared ask if it was him. Why is that? I believe Jesus was so badly disfigured that at the moment of death, all the swelling, all the cuts, all the bruises, all those things that were in him remain. And they still remained it up to the time when he, Jesus offered a Thomas to put his fingers in the holes in his hand and in his side. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody that's been in a car wreck or perhaps gotten in a fight and their lips are all swelled out. They don't even look like themselves. I've had to go up and, and identify bodies at, at uh, the morgue uh, and 
make confirmation, yeah, that's them. But I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard because uh, uh, they are so swollen, so disfigured, it's hard to even recognize who they are. I think this is what happened with Jesus, like a lamb that had been slain. Now, when he had taken the scroll, verse 8, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And by the way, when you pray, God values that as incense. You know why? Because you're giving your problem to God. And God says, I like that. Thank you for trusting me with your heart. The things that you need in your life, I'm going to treasure those. I'm going to put those in a bowl and I'm going to keep them. You know what we keep? You ever notice the crazy things we keep? You ever notice crazy things kids keep? Look, Daddy, a rock. Good, let's save that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm serious. The things that we in our lives have all collected, God collects your prayers. And he puts them in a bowl. And they're valuable to him because it is your heart being communicated to a God that can do anything. And so he says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, loose its seals, for you were slain. And yes, Jesus was slain for our sin and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Now this is why this is not angels singing here. This is the saints in heaven. And this is why, look what it says. You redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation and has made us kings and priests to our God, and we will reign on the earth. This is the promise that Jesus said, you will reign with me on this earth. Everybody today is determining the position you're going to have forever in eternity. Wow. When you stop to think about that, every day is not just another day, but it's determining where we're going to be in the kingdom of God. Now notice he says, you redeemed us by your blood. Every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. This is not speaking of angels here. This is speaking of, this is the song of the saints in heaven. I believe this is the song of the church in heaven. Learn the words, you're going to be singing it. (laughs) I like that. By the way, whenever I read the Bible, I always like to find myself in scripture where it says things like this, and it says we will reign on the earth. That's what we're going to do someday, saints. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne living creatures and elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Wow! Now remember, a third of the angels fell with Lucifer, and there's still a whole lot more angels. I always like what Billy Graham said. I remember he said years ago, he said, when Satan fell, a third of the stars, a third of the angels fell with him. But that means two-thirds stayed in heaven, which means they're outnumbered two to one. I like that. Maybe I should say two to one. But that's true. And he said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him that sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, or so be it. And the 24 elders 
fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. This heavenly scene, so amazing. The colors, in fact, as we, we get into a little bit more description of our eternal home, the new Jerusalem, the colors. It's going to be amazing what we see. I don't know if you've ever been in some different places. I know over in Hawaii and the south part of Hilo, the waves crash on the beach and the water is a brilliant turquoise. You know, and people always say, well, it just reflects off the skies. Well, by, it's like, like dusk and even later than dusk when it's good. And you look and the water is still just this beautiful uh, a turquoise blue color. And I'm going, God, you make such beautiful things. And heaven is going to be so much better than that. Now, when we get in, and I'm just going to give you a preview of next week here. One and that's all I'm going to read. Now, when the Lamb opened one of those seals, I can just see Jesus taking that scroll, and as he slides his thumb down the seam, a seal pops off. And the Bible says crazy things happen here on this earth. Why is that? Well, I believe because God's a just God, and God, because He's just, requires judgment to redeem something back. In other words, for you and me, as an example, we were sinners. There's something that had to happen to make that sin go away. It just didn't vanish, but there, there had to be a price paid for that sin to go away. What was the price that was paid? It was Jesus Christ dying on the cross, taking your and my place. And that's what's so great about being a real Christian. I'm talking, friends, there's a difference between churchianity and Costco with a cross and real Christianity where you are a child of the king whereby you look and say, Daddy, I like that. I don't want religion, friends. I think that's the only thing that man other than money has ever invented was religion and money. But a true relationship with God is where we crawl in his lap, as Paul says, and we put our arm around our daddy's neck and we say, Father. We say, Abba. Jesus wants you to relate to your Father in heaven as a Father in heaven, not some unknowable God that you've got to jump through a bunch of religious hoops and sign pledge cards and give all your money and all this crazy stuff that religions have you do. The Bible says simply we just cry out to God. Now, here's the important part. Going to heaven is not your performance or my performance. Because if it was, oh, I don't know. Some days I have bad days. Somebody cuts me off, I can say words I didn't even know I knew. And I go, that came out of me? Yes, Mr. Spiritual. Yeah, we're pretty amazed, aren't we? We can do good. We can be walking on clouds, walk out of church. Hallelujah! And then before we even get to town, three miles away, we could have turned red in the face and be throwing things at the person in front of us. Shared this story. I shared a lot, but it was so important to me. I was on my way into town. I was going down Falls Avenue. And I was speeding. And then out of one of these side streets where all these houses are now, somebody pulls out an old lady in a pickup truck. Maybe you're here today. Thank you. <laughs> and she made, I slammed on the brakes and I slowed down and I was, oh, you get in the my weird, you know, double yellow light. I can't pass you. 
And I come down and I come up the hill. You know where that's at, about a mile and a half from here. And here's a cop with his radar detector hanging right there. And I went, oh, God, thank you for this old lady in the picture. Because I would have had a ticket. But God put something in my way to slow me down to preserve me. And God was like, he, I didn't get away on that one. God says, that's the way it always is, Mike. If I ever put something in your life to slow you down, it's because I have a reason for it. Sometimes we think God loves us because he slows us down. Friends, if you're a Christian here today, you have a God in heaven that loves you. His Holy Spirit, as we read earlier out of Isaiah 11, rests upon you. He rests upon you for a reason. You're his child. You are loved. But God, I don't always feel loved. No, but if you give it enough time, you'll see the cop with a radar detector. And you'll be so glad God is your king. This morning, if you're not a Christian, you need to get right with God. The Bible tells us that if we die in our sins, we're lost. We're going to be punished forever for what we've done wrong. Always remember this. When you die, the wicked things that people have done, that doesn't stop when they die. Those things go on. You think about the people that started cults. Maybe when that leader was alive, there was 27 Maybe now there's millions. Imagine that judgment of that guy. What's good about being a Christian is not not only God forgives your sins, but he stops the progressive wickedness that will go even beyond when you're gone. And yet at the same time, when you become a Christian, even though you leave this earth, the things that you put in motion for the kingdom of God, God will continue, I believe, to reward you for throughout all of eternity. What are you living your life for? Think about it for a minute. A flash in the pan to be popular with uh, people that don't even know what they're doing? Or would you rather be about your father's business? You'll never find satisfaction anywhere else. You know, a lot of things in my life I've done, and I've horribly, horribly, horribly regretted it. But I have never, ever regretted whatever I've done for God. Always remember that. Live your life without regret. So it's a much better place to be. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, We're going to pray. And by the way, as Jesus begins to pop these seals off, this scroll, we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the rise of the Antichrist. Everybody wants to know about 666 and Damien. No, 666. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. What is coming on the world scene? Friends, I have talked to people that are not born again. They haven't got a clue about the Bible. They don't care about the Bible, but they know something is wrong in our world. I want to equip you through God's word to tell them what it is so that they could come into a full understanding of not only Jesus forgiving them, but how we're part of God's army in these last days. People say, well, I want to wait till the last minute. Friends, we're there. I don't think you've got to wait very much longer before something big is going to happen. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the Ezekiel 37, 38 war. I don't know if it's the rapture of the church. I don't know if it's a limited or a global nuclear exchange. Something happens bad because in the book of Revelation it says every living thing in the sea dies. That is not metaphorically speaking, friends. That is exactly what it means. And it says all the trees are burned up. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know whatever it happens, when you're in Christ, remember, you, you go to heaven, we go to heaven because he's good. 
And I don't have to sit around saying, well, I've done the best I can. Well, you know, if you didn't do the best you can, it's too late to do anything about it. But the Bible says he gives you and me the assurance of salvation. Why? Because we go to heaven because he's good and we've clothed ourselves in his righteousness. This morning, if you've never clothed yourself in the righteousness of Christ, today is your day. You don't have to walk naked anymore in a world that doesn't love you. You can be in his arms. This morning, if you've never prayed, you need to pray and get right with God. We're going to pray right now. Let God do what he wants to do in your life. You're going to be blessed. Well, what if God sends me to deepest, darkest Africa? Hey, I don't know, but it'll be fun. Whatever God does is great. God will never send you anywhere. He doesn't give you the unction to go do it. God doesn't get us in an arm lock and say, okay, buddy, you're going to go do what I want you to do or I'm going to snuff you out. No, God changes our heart, friends. That's the greatness of the Holy Spirit. What he wants to do in your life, he will rest upon you. I pray that God rests upon every one of you. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.